Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Yeah, 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 it's all hers. Of course, we're talking about me, Andrea Kay, here on the Andrea Kay Show, ready to kick off another week with you guys. But we got to talk, do a little rewind to some stuff that happened over the weekend. Got so much to share with you guys. Wonderful weekend here in San Diego. The weather is absolutely gorgeous, but you know what? They're trying to bust our groove here. We talk about a surge. Yeah, well, we know that we know the fix is in. We know the game is on. And listen, we know we know the game is being played and we're in it to win it here on the Andre K show every night of the week. We've got Bob Walters with us tonight. Uh, Mondays is usually not a night to have Bob Walters with us. He is our education. Uh, he's our education czar. Maybe that's what we should call Bob Walters. You know, the Dems love czars, right? Bob Walters, our, our education czar, will be be with us tonight. We've got to talk about uh, the latest. He will share with you guys the latest of what's been happening in the education on the education scene. Speaking of a scene, it's been quite a scene as the Democrats have tried to defend the indefensible. That is the Ministry of Truth. So lots to get into. Let's get it going. Of course, the man who keeps it going every night of the week here on the Andrea K. Show is none other than DJ Potato Skins. Yesterday, I met in this very room with DJ Potato Skins. Don't try to pull a fast one on me, Andrea. Today is Bob Walters Day. That means today is Friday. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> I actually did have a good weekend, and it just got me ready to come in on Monday. Monday is my favorite day of the week because I get to be here with you guys. 888-344-1170. Did you guys watch the White House Correspondents' Dinner? I really didn't because I knew that I could count on lots of good clips to catch me up on it. I would never attend the White House Correspondents' Dinner, so why would I bother to watch it? But some interesting things happened. And so we are going to report on what happened there because this is this is our U.S. government. Basically, that wasn't that wasn't about news. That wasn't about correspondence. That was about the collusion. That's about that's about the the partnership between the Democrats and the media in order to control the narrative and control the message, which is why it just defies uh, defies common sense and logic that they would try to defend Mayorkas and their disinformation group. But we're going to talk about that in the next segment where it is incredibly important. Usually in years past, the White House Correspondents' Dinner really wasn't about anything important. It was usually maybe, maybe a good comic up there telling some jokes. You know, I've never really watched it much in the past, but like everything else, it's become completely politicized. Did you watch it? Are you interested in it? Anything jump out at you? 888-344-1170. Things certainly jumped out uh, for me for me and Skins and for many people. Um, I think that Trevor Noah, who I'm not a fan of, I think he actually did for the first time in, in, in recent years when there were clips of these Democrat comedians, their whole their whole shtick was to bag on uh, MAGA people, Tea Party. I think there was one a few years ago in the Obama administration that just literally got nasty and disgusting and filthy, and really went uh, into bathroom and other other disgusting. Uh, humor regarding Tea Party. What I did find interesting, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Trevor Noah actually, uh, you know, hit harder 
on the Dems than I can remember in recent times. Let's start with, with uh, clip 11. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really has been a tough first year for you, Mr. President. Interesting. The, the humor, the, the laughter, um, maybe they might need to have a laugh track in the background like they used to do in old sitcoms, right? Because he didn't really get a, did, did, did that sound like a whole lot of laughter to you, Skins? Not really. No. And, and Biden, if you watch the video of it, oh, he just cracked up and laughed at it. I, so I'm actually grateful for Trevor Noah. And I encourage everybody to watch it because I, I'm glad that Trevor, Trevor Noah, Noah threw out that joke because there is the president of the United States laughing at a joke that involves gas, uh, gas prices up, rent prices are up, food is up, everything is up. And, and Biden just thought that was hilarious. He just thought that was absolutely hilarious. And then Trevor Noah, who doesn't get any points from me for being a comedian and throwing that out there, it's been a tough year for you, Mr. President. For him? You think Joe Biden? When was the last time Joe Biden had to pay for a tank of gas? I think he's good. When was, when, when was the last time Joe Biden paid, for, paid rent, right? Well, except for the fact that we had emails come out on the Hunter Biden laptop that he paid $800,000 of his crackhead kids' bills, right? He, he paid that. How nice to be able to afford to pay off $800,000 of your of your crackhead kids bills. Right. So a tough year for Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't even know what year it is. He doesn't even know what year it is. But he did have uh, one clip that uh, skins. You, you thought this was interesting. Clip number eight. This is the first time the president attended this dinner in six years. understandable we had a horrible plague followed by two years of covid <laughs> everyone uh, had to uh, can you stop right there they're fully vaccinated oh ha 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 right there was a plague and then there was covid again my, laughing i mean i'm not usually watching the white house correspondence dinner but laughing at the expense of americans who've suffered i don't care if they want to bag on trump you think trump cares he doesn't care but it's just continued mocking you know, of the American people. Continue. And boosted. So if you're at home watching this and you're wondering how to do that, just contact your favorite Fox News reporter. They're all here, vaccinated and boosted. All of them. I'm not really here to roast the GOP. That's not my style. Besides, there's nothing I can say about the GOP that Kevin McCarthy hasn't already put on tape. Well, Republicans seem to support one fella, some guy named Brandon. He's having a really good year, and I'm kind of happy for him. Um, okay. Uh, first of all, I'm glad he talked about Fox News, how they were all there and they were all vaccinated and boosted. Just another reminder that that network that's supposed to be fair and balanced. That people, why do people still watch that? I'm aware that Tucker's still in the news today. In the news today because he is the number one show in cable in cable news and he's breaking all the records. But that's a, that's a news outlet that if you li- think about that, Fox News, they're all vaccinated, all boosted. They're there at the White House Correspondents Dinner. If you want to watch Fox News, that's fine. But if you're watching it because you're thinking it's a conservative outlet, they're not. And they have Tucker there. You're 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 propping up 
You're propping up, uh, up an outfit that's just as in bed with the Mayorkas disinformation governance group as CNN is. That's who you're propping up there. Um, I also, I, I also don't, ha- I, I don't have anything to quibble about when he's bagging on Kevin McCarthy and the GOP. Because you know what? That's on Kevin McCarthy. But he actually thinks it's funny that there has been an uh, let's go Brandon joke about him that's been chanted all over everywhere, even even by kids and even by schools, by everybody in this country. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, did you think that was particularly you liked this clip? What, what stands out? It, for it you wasn't it? funny, but it just really shows you how out of touch with reality he is. Well, completely out of touch with with reality. And how much pain he has no idea how much pain people are facing on the other side. Right. Well, Joy Behar disagrees with you guys, and, and we normally don't play a lot of clips from the hag, oh, excuse me, The View on the Andrea K Show, but I wanted to play this one for a reason, clip five. I also was impressed with Joe Biden, his response to the material, which you pointed out, Anna, that it was funny stuff. But when they were trashing him or Mm -hmm. roasting him, Mm -hmm. rather, he was laughing his head off, which shows you that he's mentally stable as opposed to years ago. Don't remember if you remember when Obama took a shot at at, a a joke at Trump. This is the response. This show the look. There's the difference. Yes. You see. Okay. first of all. If your idea of the definition of being mentally stable is to laugh, you're not mentally stable, okay? Um, but the fact that they have to try to find some measurement to try to prove and, and, and defend that the president of the United States is mentally stable means everybody knows he's not mentally stable. You wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to try to come up with some example to show he's mentally stable if you knew he was mentally stable. You, it wouldn't even be brought up in the conversation, and the reference to Trump had to do when he was not president of the United States. He was a New Yorker with Obama as president of the United States and was not there as a political candidate, for my recollection. Not there as a political candidate. He was just there as an American citizen and had been invited. So that's not even analogous, right? We have a, we have a president of the United States who's not mentally cogent. He may have flashes of it. But we could we could take half the show every night of the week playing clip after clip after clip, like one that was making the rounds today when he couldn't pronounce the name of the Uyghurs. He just he stumbled. He's so bad at the microphone. I, I, you picked the one clip that made him sound like he was actually kind of mentally OK. I don't know how much they, you know, vitamin B shots or whatever they, they pumped up with him. But clearly they know that his mental abilities are an issue or they, they wouldn't feel the need to defend them. We can't, um, we can't end that. We have to have our daily DeSantis clip, don't we? And DeSantis actually had the best clip, in my opinion, of all the clips going around about the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Play clip four. So I never was, would, I would never attend that. I have no interest in that. Um, I did not watch it. I don't care what they do. But for them to advertise me when that invitation was rejected by my office, uh, that is a lie. And so here they are saying how important they are, that they're somehow these paragons of truth, and yet there they are lying about something that is readily verifiable. Um, and so the idea that uh, I was there is false. The idea that I would have ever gone is false. And why they would want to try to perpetuate a lie about that, I don't know. But I think it just shows you why that cabal of people um, in D.C., New York, um, are so reviled by so many Americans. I think it's a reputation that's been well-deserved. 
He wasn't even at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and he owns the White House Correspondents' Dinner in every clip of the day. He's calling them out for their lies. He's so inside their head. They fear him so much that they had to pretend that he was going to be there. And and what's so brilliant about DeSantis is that he never misses an opportunity to call them out. He will go to the mic. The second he sees something that he has an issue with, he will go to the microphone and in such a cool, dismissive manner, call them out for who and what they are. And he always hits it on the mark. Always. They never ruffle his feathers. They never ruffle his feathers. They can't own him. There's a game being played. And let me tell you, he is in it to win it. And quite frankly, I want to see everybody all the I want to see Trump primaried in 2024. And right now, DeSantis is my man. Trump has an opportunity to to prove that he's still the guy, but he's got to earn it. I don't believe in handing it to, to Trump any more than I believed. And the look, look at the Democrats thought they were going to hand it to Hillary and it was and and she was going to be coronated and she didn't have to earn it. And look how that went for the Democrats. Right. So we're going to take a break. Speaking of, I think DeSantis said that, uh, how did he put it, that they they push themselves out as the paragons of truth. Well, they're having to defend the indefensible, which is their ministry of truth. And so so there's some interesting uh, stories about that today, including their denial, but not so denial on whether or not they're going to censor Americans. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Andrea, I'm uh, flabbergasted. I don't know what to say, but uh, we here in the government, whether it be the CDC or the <laughs> FDA, cannot believe that you got a second hour. I can't even get two minutes on CNN right now, but I am <laughs> very happy for your success. Uh, despite your objections to me personally, I've been insulted. I've been called fraud she and among many other names and rightfully so. But seriously, you're doing an amazing work, great service, better than me, that's for sure. But then again, that's not saying much because after all, most people don't trust a word that comes out of my mouth. Congratulations, Andrea. You're doing better than I am. Thank you, little pocket political weasel, Dr. Fauci was actually my good friend, uh, Phil, by the way. So thank you for that, Phil. Thank you for giving me a little bit of a giggle. Talk about disinformation. The, fraud, the fraudster Fauci. Has there been a bigger liar in the United States government history than Fauci? I can't think of one. He just nope. lied. Yeah, he just lied last week, right? When, he, when it was the pandemic is over. The pandemic. I can't do I can't do him like Phil. The pandemic is over only to turn right around the next day and said, oh, you know what? I'm reading from his cue cards that were given to him by the Biden administration. Oh, the, the pandemic's not over. I can't go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You know what he did do is he went to some garden party that day. He said he couldn't. He, he flips and said the pandemic's not over. He can't go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner because of that. But yet he went to some garden party and took pictures with no mask and all that. So um, the disinformation uh, continues. In fact, it's interesting 
Uh, the the White House and the Department of Homeland Security is trying to defend the indefensible because there is nothing defensible about anything related to something called the Disinformation Governance Board. Nothing defensible about that. They've tried to defend it. What I found interesting, though, before we play you the, the, the way in which the Biden administration is trying to defend it, and they're actually, I think, in some ways doing a good job. If, if you're not uh, if you're not somebody who's paid attention, if you've been busy and you have no idea what's been happening, you might actually believe some of their nonsense. But before we get into to the, the defenses today, uh, I found it interesting. Somebody pointed out, and I think it was Tulsi Gabbard. We're going to hear from her in a moment. I've got a great uh, clip of, of something she had to say that nobody else is saying. But I think she was one of the people that pointed out that isn't it interesting that Barack Obama gives a speech on April 21st that social media, there needs to be a crackdown of disinformation on social media than what was it, five days? Three days later, Mayorkas is in front of Congress and, and announces the Disinformation Governance Board. We know but we know Biden isn't running this government. We know Biden isn't running a thing, right? He, we're lucky if we can get one soundbite out of him a, a, a week in which he sounds reliably cogent, right? We, we know that. So I, I, find that, I find that incredibly interesting. Thank you, Tulsi Gabbard, for pointing that out. Um, there's an interesting clip of in the uh, D, DHS Secretary Mayorkas trying to defend the indefensible when he was asked about what it is. And this, this is actually an interview with... Uh, uh, this meet the press. This is on meet the press or meet the depressed as Rush used to call them. Chuck Todd trying to do cleanup on aisle five with Mayorkas. Please play clip number three. I want to ask you about another content. There, there is some concern about misinformation and disinformation, a department of, uh, that you have in DHS. Um, there's some people look at it and it looks like uh, policing of speech. Can you explain what this uh, programs about sure so we set up essentially an internal working group and i must say um, that we could we could have done a better job in communicating what it is and what it isn't it's a working group that takes best practices with respect to our work that has been going on for years mm-hmm. best practices on how to do that work the work of addressing disinformation that presents a threat to the security of our country how to do that work in a way that does not infringe on free speech, does not infr- right. infringe on civil liberties. So this working group uh, yeah. takes best practices and disseminates it to, disseminates those best practices yeah. to the operators. Do you think the person you chose to head of it uh, expressed too much politics on their Twitter feed and it's caused some consternation? Uh, emin- eminently qualified individual, uh, a recognized expert on uh, battling the threat of disinformation that um, presents a threat to the security of our homeland from Russia, from China, from Iran, from the cartels. There is just so much baloney. My baloney meter was just off the charts uh, from this. And by the way, yeah, Chuck Todd just, you know, how can I lead the witness to saying, you know, a bunch of nonsense? Um, it's a working group doing best practices and doing best practices on work and using best practices to address disinformation that presents a threat to the security of our country. And using these best practices, we won't infringe on free speech and won't infringe on civil liberties. The very, the very existence of this group is an infringement on speech. This is a bunch of crap. This is a bunch of BS. This is this is the same crap that we were told by George W. Bush under the Patriot Act that no American would would have their data mined, right? 
And look what ended up happening there, thanks to a trillion-dollar facility built out in the Nevada desert. It was all about data mining Americans. That's what led to George Papadopoulos and Carter Page being illegally surveilled and, and the Trump administration being illegally surveilled under the Obama administration. What disinformation from, from some other country has to be monitored on social media for the purpose of national security. That's the guise. Just like the Patriot Act, the guise was national security of, for which they could spy on the American people. Remember the unmasking story? Uh, we're going to listen in on Americans, but we're not going to reveal the identities of the Americans. We're going to pretend we're not listening as we're listening to uh, Americans in their phone calls. We're just really looking for terrorists. It was a bunch of crap. That's how they're able to have the counterterrorism unit that they have right now in the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland to route out and search out Americans who share the belief that something untoward happened in the election. You're not, this is about under the phony guise of national security. This is about surveilling the American people and controlling speech. If they gave a crap about Iran, like he says here, why would the Ayatollah have an account on Twitter right now? If this had anything to do with China, there would have already been an investigation. Joe Biden, Joe Biden wouldn't be in the White House because they'd be trying to route out what was going on with Joe Biden and his kid back for eight years when he was vice president. This is about exactly what everybody believes that it's about. This is about controlling information. This is about stopping you from exp- expressing your opinion. Why is the FBI and the DOJ been spending imminent resources throughout the country to try to round up 800 people simply because they question the outcome of an election. If any of this had anything to do with some national security threat from Iran. This is about targeting the American people. You want an idea? You, you want an example of, of uh, disinformation? It's the New York Times. Did they go to the New York Times and talk about their edits that they did in their tweets about uh, the Weather Underground terrorist, Kathy Boudin. I'm not sure if it's Boudin. That's how we, we pronounce this name in Louisiana. Boudin is a food. They, they, they put out a tweet about Kathy Boudin, and, the, and it was this. She was part of the Weather, Weather Underground. Kathy Boudin, who was a member of the Weather Underground, took part in the murderous 1981 holdup of a Brinks armored truck, died on Sunday. She was 78. Within two minutes, they delete that. Then they push out Kathy Boudin, a member of the Weather Underground, imprisoned for her role in a fatal robbery, but who later helped former inmates, died at 78. That's disinformation. And that's what the game is. Now, why would they push this out, change this tweet about her? For the same reason why they push out, they are the kings of disinformation. This is all about destroying and the pushing out false narratives in this country. The Weather Underground, if you remember, the reason why they would do this is because that's who, you know, who did the first fundraising for Barack Obama. They've got to control the message so that they can control the minds of the American people. I want, I want to play, I was going to play this clip of Jen Psaki, who's refusing to say whether or not they will censor information. Same thing as Mallorca. You know, I've got a clip here that says he will not monitor the American people. I'm not even going to play that because we know it's a flat out lie. We know, according to the Biden administration, that one of the first things that they pledged to do after January 6th, on the excuse of January 6th, was announce that they were going to hire outside contractors to create fake accounts on Facebook so that they can in, infiltrate private groups so that they can report that information back to the Biden administration. And it had nothing to do with Chinese disinformation, nothing to do with Iran. It had to do with people who questioned the outcome of an election who are now considered terrorists. They've already admitted that they're going to be doing this. 
What I found interesting and found that the most important points today about the Ministry of Truth came from Tulsi Gabbard. And I want you to hear this. It's clip one. It's all the Democrats out there who say over and over again about how you stand strong against dictatorships. I'm wondering where are your voices now condemning this creation of a ministry of truth in our own Department of Homeland Security? Even worse, the Republicans who are out there saying, hey, we need this propaganda board as long as it's not headed by somebody who's biased, as long as it's not Jankowitz. All of you need to read the Bill of Rights again and be Mm -hmm. reminded about what our freedom of speech really means and how important it is to us all. That's right. She called them all out. And that includes the Republican Party, because we wouldn't be here but for George W. Bush and them and their Patriot Act. See, right now, and I've been saying this for many years, the Republican Party is just as much about big government government controls. They just don't want you to know about it. And they want to be the ones in charge of it. That's the only difference. Or we would have never had the Patriot Act. This January 6th committee and all that's been going on and and treating Americans and like parents speaking up at school boards as domestic terrorists, none of this would be happening but for the Republican Party. In fact, Biden talked about it at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Kevin McCarthy said it all, didn't he? Well, look, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to go to my, my man Friday, who's usually my man Friday, but he's here on Monday. It's Bob Walters. And I am, bef- but slow down real quick. I do want to tell you all there is breaking news right now that the Supreme Court has voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, this is according to a, a draft opinion has apparently been leaked. When we come back, we're going to talk to Bob Walters. And while I'm talking to Bob, I'm going to have my man Skins here research this story and see what's true about it. Has Roe v. Wade been overturned? I don't know. Come back and find out. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. You can also email me at andreakshow.com. Get lots of emails from you guys. Right now, though, I'm just glad to have my buddy back with me. I got to, I got to spend a, a little time with him last week. You guys didn't get to hear from Bob Walters, but I did because I was the lucky girl who got to have lunch with him and his fabulous, wonderful gal pal girlfriend, Sharon. I did, and people were jealous that I got to spend time with him. But have no fear because Bob Walters is back to spend a little time with you all, my dears. And he joins me now. Welcome back to the show, Bob Walters. Good to be here. It was nice to see you this weekend. It was wonderful to see you, too. I had lots of people tell me they were jealous that that we got to hang out, and I got to hang out with you, and they didn't get to hang out with you. And so, But you're back. You're tanned and rested from your vacation, although I put you right to work, didn't I, when you got back? Yeah, all weekend, right? But anyway, I got got some good news to start with. Okay. Uh, Hundreds of parents are now suing their local school boards, stating they have a legal right to know what their children are being taught in school. Believe it or not, such legal actions have been filed in 602 school districts in the country. Still a long way to go, but it's a a real surge of activity, which is great news. Yes. Then you got Governor DeSantis, who (laughs) is really an unbelievable leader. He signed a bill uh, this week to require high school students in Florida to take a financial literacy test in order to graduate. Love it. This would, and this would include lessons on credit scores, bank accounts, how to file your taxes, and manage your credit card debt. That's ninety percent of the kids know nothing about anymore. Well, right. I mean, uh, you know, I was thinking about you Friday on the show, and I, I think I told a little college story about how I bounced a check to Bono's Pizza. 
And my daddy put a bumper sticker on my car saying, I can't be broke. I have more checks. And you know what? I was never taught anything about that. Right. And maybe we wouldn't have the school debt problem. We ha- the student debt problem we have if people have been educated. Right. About money and about debt and about credit and all that. Yeah. It's actually good news on his part. I, I appreciate what he's doing. Then you got something else that was pretty good. The Republican Party in Congress took a quiet vote and committed to bar funding to schools if they are allowed biological men in women's sports when they have a majority in the Congress. That was in the Daily Wire newspaper. Wait, so, wait, explain that again, though. How, that this was the U.S. Congress did this? Well, no, the Republican Party in the U.S. Congress oh. voted took a vote among themselves and said that when they become a majority, they're going to pass a bill that would bar federal funding to any state or school that allows biological men to compete with women in sports. Good. We needed to know that as we're going into the midterms. The American people need to know this because this is not, they they want to pretend that this is the majority view in this country and it's absolutely not. No, it's not. All right, and then you got uh, John a 22-year-old teacher in Neosho High School, I checked it out, it's in Missouri, was told not to fly his pride flag in classroom after many parents complained about their students being forced to watch the pride, uh, pride flag being flown in the classroom. And so he, he was disciplined for this, and then he abruptly resigned and quit the school. He's no longer a teacher. Good. That's good news. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Take your pride flag. Take your pride flag and hit the road. You're supposed to be there teaching the three R's. You're not supposed to be there waving waving your personal flag. Do that on your own time. I mean, these are the same people, Bob, that object to somebody. Some you know, I don't know about this teacher, but in general, they object to people having to kids having to say the pledge of allegiance to a flag, right? Yet they want to shove their pride flag in people's faces. Take your oh, take yeah. your flag and hit the road, Joe. I agree. It's good news. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get into some college crazies, of which I have a couple. Of. Oh dear. Uh, when, <laughs> when the Soviet communist hammer and sickle flag was lowered in the Kremlin in the '60s for the last time. It was said by some that the last refuge of Marxism was the academic institutions of the West, which in the 60s was kind of beginning to be true. But students and parents are fighting back, and three colleges have paid the price. Legal judgments against Oberlin and Shawnee totaled millions of dollars for their behavior and actions. Oberlin for hurting a 100-year-old bakery for false charge of racism Mm. when they encourage action against them for arresting two black students who were caught stealing product from the store. (laughs) And Shawnee also in Ohio for punishing a teacher who refused to refer to a male student as a woman. And uh, they paid a huge fine for that. Good. And finally, there is Clemson University for their failure to give male students accused of rape due process, which is not done in the case of Andrew Pampu, who eventually did win $4.5 million against the girl and her family owners, proving that her allegation was totally false and contrived. Well, you would think they would have learned from back with the Duke lacrosse case, right? Where um, Rolling Stone, they falsely accused these lacrosse players of rape, and then they all ended up having to, you know, eat their shorts, right? And and lost a bunch of lawsuits. You'd think these people would learn. Um, But that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. Regrettably, they don't always learn, but we're, we're, we're on them. All right, then you got 43% of students, which is kind of surprising, 
at four-year universities report housing insecurity this year. Hmm. Thousands of students across the nation were denied student housing, so they had to commute from home, suffer high rents on campus, or even sleep in their cars. And rents have gone up Mm -hmm. in our country. Rents, for example, in Knoxville have soared 36% in this past year. In Berkeley, the average rent for a single-bedroom apartment is $3,700 a month. It's pretty hard to believe. $3,700 a month for a one-bedroom? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. This was not going on during the Trump administration. Let's remind everybody, we did not have this skyrocketing. We're going to be talking a little economics next hour. Go on. Good. And to respond, Long Beach City College has set up space for 15 homeless to sleep in their cars with access to toilets and showers in the parking garage. <laughs> well, I mean, it, this, you know, I, the, the homeless, homelessness problem is just going to keep getting worse for every age out there. When you got one bedroom apartments, $3,700 a month, who can afford that? But you know what? It's, it's, it's getting to where it's a national problem, Bob, because now I'm hearing that Florida, that it's about that much down in Florida. We've got to get a, we've got to get a, a strong conservative back in the white house and take over this, the Congress. And, but I, even that's not going to solve the problems at the state level. I agree. And with these schools, because so much of what's going on with these colleges and universities, the, the tuition hikes, the room and board hikes are because of how much they spend money on to paying people like Elizabeth Warren $400,000 for one to teach yeah. one class. <laughs> yeah, a one hour class. That's good. Anyway, reports of fake bot students are called BOT, bot students, computer program that imitates human users, pretends that they're humans continue to circulate in L.A. community colleges. Kim Rich at Pierce College researched and found that half of her 609 students enrolled in her class were not real students and explains why they never showed up in class. Some of the, quote, students had actually died in the previous year. She estimates that between 10,000 and 15,000 false students were enrolled in her district alone. Amazing. Well, so, okay, so why, why, who were these bots? Were they people that were, were just um, stealing an education? I don't think I understand what happened here. Well, we think it's the university because they did, the schools did not take action when this present was presented to them since it could injure the $4.7 billion in COVID aid they get funding given to schools based on enrollment. Oh, okay. So they, they, they're pushing out. It's not proven. Right. Okay. It's not proven. So they basically the idea here is that they they had fake students to keep their enrollment at a certain level. Um, and, and I think that I think you reported at one point that this was happening. This was something that also went down during online earning with um, K through 12 school districts. That's true. Yep. So That's that they true. could still because they get tax money depending on their enrollment. Yeah, I think the fraud isn't the students. It's the administration of the school making some extra bucks from the federal government. Right. And of course, with these school districts uh, from the K-12, that taxpayer money didn't go back to the taxpayers. No, it didn't. And then a final point on college crazies at at CSUN, that's Northridge University in California. College's sex week was held between April 18th and April 21st. Sex art, keynote speakers, and body painting were encouraged along with a sex toy party on the last day of this four-day event. I mean, really? This is what you do at college now? 
Well, yeah, and and really, Bob, they want us to they want us to forgive student loan debt. I'm supposed to pay. I pay, it took me five years. I paid off my student loans, but now I'm supposed to pay off some of these student loans for going to school for Sex Week. Yeah, I know it's, it's really <laughs> unbelievable. It's insane. All right, let's let's take a break on that note. I'm glad we're taking a break on a laugh. When we come back, Bob Walters is going to stick around. we got more with Bob coming up, so don't go anywhere. 888-344-1170. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Coming up in our next segment, we are going to be talking about the breaking news that, uh, according to Politico, the Supreme Court has voted to overturn ab- abortion rights. The draft opinion shows I'm not so fast. So we're going we're gonna to explore that after we come back. But we're going to continue right now. We've had some good news. We're continuing with my buddy Bob Walters, our education contributor here. And so far, it's been all good news, Bob. Well, I got some miscellaneous stuff we'll cover now. All right. But in, in, a lot of it ended up good. A teacher in Richmond, Cal- uh, Richmond, California, has been arrested for allegedly molesting half a dozen boys. <gasps> Anessa, Anessa Gower is a 35-year-old biology teacher in Making Waves Academy in Richmond, California. The school is for 5th to 12th graders. Wow. It has 1,100 students. Amazing. Not only is that surprising and shocking, but this is the second arrest since 2015 when Ronald Guento got a 931-year sentence for molesting 15 boys during his class as teacher. These students sued and got a $10.9 million settlement from the school. <laughs> you think it'll happen again? I suspect it will. Well, yeah. So, so after they lose a $10 million case, they let it happen again. Yep. Yep, obviously they're not paying attention to what's going on. Well, no, because they they don't. This is the, the schools have just as we talk about over and over. They're just indoctrination centers now. They, they don't care about these kids. That's right. It's a shame. Anyway, then we've got San Diego Patrick Henry High School. They cut classes in the name of equity from the advanced classes in math. T- parents were outraged since this would hurt their students' chance of getting into top-notch colleges. Mm-hmm. But the principal. Michelle Irwin says she made the decision since this would eliminate the stigmas of those who fall, who fail such classes and would eliminate racial discrepancies in the honors enrollment program. <laughs> well, look, I uh, mean, you know, intellectual capability has nothing to do with your skin color. I had to right. face the hard truth as a kid that I was never going to be. I wasn't at least this was my assumption as a kid that, you know what, I was never going to be in the top 10 percent. OK, I just wasn't no. that smart academically. OK, and you know what? I had other skills. Right. So, you know, you're not helping anybody. You're not by by dragging down the successful, dragging down the ones that have a good skill over here. Um, that's Marxism. That's communism. Right. Yeah, lowering the lowering the standards so that nobody feels left out. That's right. So so we're we're anyway. basically we're redist <laughs> we're we're it's a, the redistribution of mediocrity. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Well, you got Kevin Kelly, who was a candidate for governor last last oh, election yeah. in California, uh-huh. with John Fender's fault. They they reported that an analysis was re- recently produced that showed California eighth graders were testing as an average at the level of fifth graders. <gasps> Yeah, sad but true. Not shocking, I'm afraid. Wow, eighth graders uh, uh, testing at fifth grade level. Yeah, that's three years of their life and their education gone. 
Yeah, just gone. Gone. And then when you're in the eighth grade, you're supposed to be next step is is high school. So what? So I get what I guess you've reported that our high schools are basically three years behind too. So that's correct. (laughs) Anyway, now it's predicted that in California, more than five hundred thousand students will leave public schools because people are leaving the state, dropping birth rates, and kids are homeschooling. For one hundred years, California has funded schools based on average daily attendance. Now they are considering giving money based on total enrollment as they do in the universities, which would cost taxpayers an estimated $3 billion a year if they made that switch. And that's for universities, for colleges? Well, it's the same, as the, no, it's the same thing that the colleges have been doing, and, and obviously somebody's cheating and stealing the money from this government by inflating the enrollment numbers, not attendance, enrollment numbers. And now they're going to, public schools have always gotten their money based on attendance, mm-hmm. not enrollment. Oh, uh, so they get some more money. It. Yeah, so they don't care if the kid shows up or not, right? Nope, they don't care. And this is, this is yeah, this is like fudging the voter rolls, right? Having dead people on voter <laughs> rolls. It's the same kind of thing, uh, right? Um, you is, know, right. and, and it, you know, I had somebody on social media today say it's not just the kid's fault that they've got all this student loan debt. debt. Well, you know, I hold... Yeah, I mean, there's the fault of the banking institutions. It's primarily yeah. the fault of of these these bloated taxpayer funded colleges and universities. But you still, when you sign your name to something, you you know, it is your debt to pay for. It. And somebody said it best the other day, and is going around on a viral meme. If your college degree didn't work well enough for you to pay off your debt, why should I pay it off? That's right. I agree with that. So why are these schools encouraging all the kids to go to college or feel like failures? Right. Wow. Exactly. There's other things to do. These college degrees aren't with the way you want to bring costs down is that people go, you know what? Uh, you know, we're just not going to send go to the, go to the military, go in the, stuff. trade schools. There's lots of things, community colleges, right? Yep. There's different ways that you can get a skill that's marketable today. Right. So anyway, got to wrap it up, Bob. Anything else you want to share before we go? Well, I just mainly want to point people out that uh, you stay active and stay checking with we the kids dot U.S. They've got that new program to accept old used cars for junk, yet they make a profit from the remnants. So look up wethekids.us and help them if you can, or at least find out about their program. It's great. That's a great idea. I love that used car program. And we love you, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the explosive breaking news. Has Roe v. Wade been overturned? We'll tell you. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. This is the Andrea K. Show. On AIM 1170, The Answer.